Welcome to Beyond the Tools, the podcast that helps contractors attract more leads, grow their business, and finally get off the tools. In each episode, you'll discover marketing tactics that work. You'll get actionable insights from other successful contractors and connect with experts to help you grow. I'm your host, Crystal Hobbs, owner of a social media agency that helps contractors attract and convert more leads. Get ready to take your business to the next level so you can finally enjoy the fruits of your hard labor. Ready? Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Tools. I'm your host, Crystal Hobbs, and today I have a great chat with an old friend of mine, Denise Goodyear. Denise is the president of Intuitive Media, and we've known each other for a number of years because we're both in St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada. We're both heavily involved in marketing, specifically in the residential construction industry, and Denise is just a wealth of knowledge. She has over 20 years experience in marketing and branched out into her own agency, Intuitive Media, in 2019. So Denise is an avid networker and a big volunteer as well. She's been on the board for the Canadian Home Builders Association of Newfoundland Labrador. She's been involved with the Newfoundland Labrador Construction Association, and she also serves as president of the board at INLO, which is the Newfoundland Labrador Organization of Women Entrepreneurs. So in today's episode, we really dig into that. We dig into how you can better identify your target audience as a home service business or as a business in the residential construction industry. And we talk about, you know, the process that goes into that, how to research them, how to find them, how to better understand your customers so that you can resonate with them more deeply and you can make smart strategic decisions when it comes to your marketing. And then we get into what Denise is super passionate about, which is networking because so many of us sign up for associations or, you know, put our money into different events and we're not really sure if you're getting the return from that. So we talk about how you can get a better impact from your networking and how to use that strategically as a trades business. So let's get right into it and hear a little bit more from Denise. Welcome back to Beyond the Tools. I am thrilled to introduce today's guest, my friend and longtime colleague, Denise Goodyear of Intuitive Media. Welcome to the show, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah. So I know, Denise, you know, you and I really got to know each other through our work with the Canadian Home Builders Association, mm -hmm. but I actually don't know much of your backstory, I guess. So tell us a little bit about how you got involved in the trades. Sure. So, you know, being a, a marketer of 20 plus years, um, I guess it's safe to say my marketing career largely started in in the trades. When I was in college, finishing my marketing um, education, I ended up taking a summer job working for Jack Parsons of KMP 
contracting here locally, um, long-term member of CHBA, and uh, worked in his office, worked on his website, did some stuff for him while I was still in school. And I just, um, I guess, adopted a little bit of a a love for the industry. Um, My dad was a mason, you know, a fireman as well, but worked with his hands. You know, he was always, um, you know, at a hobble, he would call it back in the day. And I guess, you know, spending time with him and and, uh, through my marketing career, I ended up um, hanging my hat there quite a bit. So I, I uh, spent my first decade of my career in uh, media, and I, I guess I first got involved with CHBA, my gosh, I think it's 2002, 2003-ish, um, I first got involved um, as the delegate for the radio station I was working for at the time, right. and uh, been involved ever since. So I spent 10 years doing that, and then the, the next decade in the uh, marketing agency world, in which case I stayed involved and served a couple of terms on the board and um, have been an active participant and member ever since. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm glad I asked that because I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) For a long time. Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. And now that you've got your own company, you are working quite a bit with the trades still, hey? Yeah, I've uh, I've been lucky enough to do um, a lot of work, continue work in the industry, you know, for realtors and and uh, developers, builders, sub trades, basically everybody um, in the different categories. I guess you'd call it of business in the industry. You know, I, I'm currently working with a lot of builders, you know, rebranding, doing brand refresh. Uh, trying to really level up digitally. That's where I've been spending a tremendous amount of my time with um, CHBA members and even in the commercial and industrial side of construction. Mm-hmm. I've also spent the last couple of years doing all of the marketing for the Office to Advance Women Apprentices, which has been just a, a just an absolute pleasure uh, to do and to get to know and, and watch watch apprentices go through the process to red seal in various uh, trades has mm-hmm. been has been very interesting to me and and being able to help some of these apprentices make connections with employers and and help the office of advanced women apprentices make those connections has been very rewarding as well wow awesome and i mean speaking of leveling up digitally i know it can be especially in today's day and age there's so much going on online it seems like every business is on there. I guess as a whole, like how do you help your clients cut through the noise and the clutter? Like what's your starting point with them to figure out how to go about their marketing? Sure. That's a great question. I I guess it really starts with their why. Why do they do what they do? Uh, What about it kind of serves their own purpose and gives them energy? And uh, sometimes, especially dealing with, you know, builders and subtrades, they look at you like a deer in the headlights sometimes when you ask that question. But, you know, there's always a reason why we made the choices we made in our careers, especially if you're an entrepreneur doing the work. It takes a lot to run a business. And if you've got a skilled trade, um, you know, under your belt, you know, you can make a great living working for other people. So as entrepreneurs, you know, we really have to let our why uh, drive our purpose and our passion. And I think that's what keeps us all going back, um, you know, and not moving on and just working for someone else. And to that point, you know, when it comes to, you know, cutting through that noise, it starts with their why. And then it comes to finding your audience, you know, um, it's always an interesting subject to approach with clients because more often than not, you know, you're met with, um, answers pertaining to how broad their audience is. Yes. But the truth of it is, the narrower you get in defining 
your audience, the more specific you can speak with them and make connections. And that's really where marketing has gone. In the in the digital age we're in, where we're we thought we were inundated before with like 10,000 messages a day, you know, now it's 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 just dozens and dozens times more than than what it once was with traditional media. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you really got to make genuine connections with people to cut through that clutter. And the only way to really do that is to understand them and speak to them directly. Mm-hmm. When you speak to everyone, you speak to no one and you yeah. have an impact. I love that. And, you know, let's dig into that because I think I know pretty well every client call, every sales call that I do. And I ask, you know, who are you trying to attract? Who are you going after? And like you said, a a bit of a deer in the headlights. Well, you know, homeowners in my service area. So what's the starting point to figuring out who my target audience is? Well, I think, you know, for anyone already in business, I think it's actually thinking about of all the people you do business with, who do you enjoy working with? As a marketer, I've had to make choices over the years, as we all have, and taken on jobs that maybe it's not exactly what we want. I know lots of builders who took on renovation work through down cycles of of new builds. And, you know, we do what we need to survive in business. But at the end of the day, when we enjoy what we do, and we've all heard this before, it doesn't really feel like work. So working with people we enjoy, that appreciate what we bring to the table, that are willing to pay for our services, that's our ideal client. People who are willing to pay you a fair price for what you do and for your skills and your expertise. And sometimes we're, we're sort of afraid of, of really leaning into that and saying no to the ones we don't want because there's always a fear of not enough business. But, you know, when you try to be everything to everybody, you really risk being nothing to anyone because you're not making any specific connections. For example, no matter what trade you're in, if I'm building a home or I'm renovating a home or I have a problem with one of the systems in my home or I need an inspection or an appraisal or any of that, if I'm a young first-time homeowner or buyer versus, say, someone whose kids have have, you know, grown and moved out, you know, when they have the house back to themselves again, our needs are going to be very different. Our time availability is going to be very different. How you deal with us will be different. A younger person may want you to correspond by text. You know, if someone's in the baby boomer generation, they may prefer a phone call, you know, somewhere in between there might still be someone using email. So, you know, I mean, there's, you really got to understand your customer to be able to serve them up the information and even communicate with them through the methods nowadays that matter to them mm-hmm. because email isn't for everybody nowadays. You know, it's messaging and text is far more important to a big chunk of, of anyone's audience nowadays. So we really need to figure out what matters to them. Do your homework, do your research, ask questions, ask your current mm-hmm. customers, ask, pick up the phone and call someone who's, who's called you back a dozen times for work or given you referrals and say, you know, what is it about what we do that keeps you coming back? Mm. And then utilize that to attract more like-minded people. And of course, a huge part of that is referrals. When we enjoy working with someone and we actually proactively ask them to, pro- to refer us to others or to provide our information to others, or we provide them something tangible to hand on to someone else. Yeah. You know, that's where the magic really happens because those people, we've already proven ourselves to them. So it's really about finding more of them. Yeah, love that. Okay, so if I'm, you know, in, if I'm a subtrade, if I'm in this industry 
and okay, I can call up my customers. How do I go about structuring that conversation? Or like, what's an example of, you know, a client that you've worked with that you've been able to help them figure out who their target audience is? Sure. Well, you know, I'm, I'm currently working with a builder who's been around a long time, for example, who's decided, and it, and it took a while for some marketing planning. We, we started talking about a new brand, refreshing their brand, creating a new website, a new, a new identity for them to really help them evolve. And from the time we started that process till we got probably a month or six weeks into it, because, you know, they weren't in a panic to get it done. And it was something they were working at in between. We determined that they don't really want to do the same work they always did. Mm. And they made the decision. It's a husband and wife team. And they made the decision to really lean into the work they want to do more, which is more on the project management side with the homeowner, maybe even working, helping other builders with projects, commercial projects or developments even, and managing those larger scale projects. Mm -hmm. Still doing some of the build stuff, absolutely, but also being available to provide the expertise to manage something else. And that happened when we really, I started asking the tough questions about, of all the current work categories of work you're currently doing, what do you enjoy doing? And the truth of it was they, they really lost the passion for some of it over many years of doing it and really felt the need to move on to something else. And it wasn't until that I kind of forced them into that conversation that they went, you know what, you're right. I can't do all of this and all of this. So let's lean more this way and change our language. Now we're we're slightly changing their name, changing the brand Mm -hmm. and changing their approach. And in doing so, in, in this particular case, this client wants to work with potentially other builders and other developers to manage projects for them. So, of course, that also means they've gone from a strictly business to consumer market to bringing in a bit more of the B2B side of things, right. you know, which, which also means, okay, now let's start talking network. How do we, you know, how do we grow our audiences that way? Mm. So, you know, that's a good example of someone in the industry who's just, you know, they've changed their mind and decided to narrow. And that's okay. Whether you're two years in, six months in, or 25 years in, yeah, we can all make the choice to do business with people we enjoy. Yeah, I love that. Which is a lot of fun. That's <laughs> a lot less. <laughs> Way more fun. Too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I do want to dig into the networking side of things in a minute because I think that's an interesting point. But I guess before we get there, you know, going back to audience research, besides calling up my customers, I guess, what are some things that I can do to figure out or I guess to gather that intel? on my customer base. Well, I I think it starts by, you know, making some of those contacts like we talked about with intent. Basically, first first things first, actually, to back that up a moment, think about who it is. Think about who you've worked with that you enjoyed the most, that were least resistant to, you know, any of your pain points around price or or timelines or anything like that. Because let's face it, some of the some of your customers are going to be very demanding of your time and, and demand urgency when it's not necessary. Maybe they're not the right customer and that's okay. So, you know, when we determine who they are and we can start to really think about, you know, what do they do for a living? How much money do they make? Where do they live? What kind of home do they live in? What do they drive? Do they have children? What are their interests? Then we start getting into the psychographics, which is their interests and their behaviors. Build a persona as best you can around them. Doesn't It sounds way more complicated than it is. Just paint a picture of who they are. Who are they? You know, and then once you've developed that, 
then we need to start thinking about, okay, so where do these people, as I've outlined them, spend their time? Yeah. So there's a lot Google can tell us in that. Social media channels can tell us a lot in that. You know, I mean, you know, you're likely friend, Facebook friends with some of these people. Mm-hmm. See what they do. See where they hang out. Who do they hang out with? Who are they friends with? I know it sounds a little uh, investigative, but you know, <laughs> when we put that level of effort in, it, it just pays back tenfold. So online groups is a big one because let's face it, as we grow our audience, you know, and find our people, so to speak, our customers, we need to look at where we can find them, you know, sort of in person and locally, but we also need to see where we can find them digitally. So if we can find, for example, we find out that they're they're big into gardening. Okay, great. That's a really good piece of information. Now, what gardening groups are out there? What landscape groups are out there on social media where they may hang out, where you as a company or an individual can join to be part of that conversation, mm. right? Like us in business, there's a fantastic group for women locally in business called Fempreneur YYT where I hop on and say, hey, I need a freelancer to do this job for me, or I'm looking to hire someone, or who knows about you know this opportunity, or what best tool to use for that. And it's a wealth of information. So leaning into those situations, basically, you know, define who they are, and then do your best to determine where they hang out. And again, ask questions. Mm-hmm. And as you get to know more of them and seek them out, ask them questions. You know, we're all very conversational people, Um, you know, when we're in front of people we enjoy. So even those conversations will come easier, you know, when when it comes to that. And ask colleagues and and friends and and industry associates and people that, you know, maybe you're after a similar customer, but you offer a different service. Maybe you represent different sub-trades, but you want the same people. Work together and lean on each other. Mm. Certainly another way that can help. And even like Statistics Canada, you know, has valuable information on demographics and and occupation and salaries and all these sorts of things. You know, it's not something that happens overnight. You know, I always tell people, start that Google Doc and keep it going and just keep adding to it as you learn more about them. Yeah. Then you don't forget. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. I remember speaking to a um, lawn care company last year. And one of the things he said that I found kind of funny on the avatar side of things was that, you know, when he started the business, he thought he would get people because they were doing like natural lawn care. He thought he would get people that, you know, were worried about their children, like playing on the lawn. And he was like, no, I get pet parents. He was like, I get people that like love their dogs and don't want their dogs eating grass with all this chemicals on it. So I thought that was a. I mean, we'd like to think our kids won't be eating the grass. Yeah. You know, they might be on it, but they won't be eating it. Yeah. I can understand. <laughs> no, your audience, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, picking up on those little bits of conversations that you have with your customers and fleshing that out a bit. Cool. Absolutely. It's key. Yeah. Yeah. So I love your point on like, then looking at the networking side of things. And I mean, you know, networking, not that fancy, not the new TikTok or the greatest, (laughs) latest thing, but something that it's all about relationships, right? So how do you work with your clients to figure out how they can network and how that networking can have an impact on their business? Sure. This is a this is a fun one for me. Um, I have to say, I mean, as someone who's been in the market, you know, in the marketing world for 20 plus years, I'm the person who went to every event, 
for the first decade I was in in business, uh, went to every event, shook every hand, met every person, took every business card. Whether I could do business with them or not in my current role at the time, I saw it as a future opportunity to develop a relationship. And I did that. So, you know, it's it's something that I sort of clued into really early on in my career of the power of our networks that we're involved with, especially our industry networks. So let's take specifically this industry. We look at, say, CHBA as an example. So, you know, when I meet with clients who are a member of that group or, you know, another industry group for their specific trade or whatever the case may be, you know, we'll always start the conversation around, you know, what groups are you a part of as a starting point? And I'll often be met with, well, I'm part of this group and I don't get much out of it. Or, you know, they'll they'll start talking about, um, you know, some specifics in that regard. And I always kind of you know, pause things for a minute and and ask them to back up for a minute and think about, first of all, what have you put into it? So the way I approach networks is this. It it and, and we've all heard it before, but many people and probably a lot of people listening to this, because I know who you are, I know the type of people you are, and I know what you put into some of these groups. And for some it's lots and for some it's nothing. You know, if you're part of an organization and you don't attend things and you don't participate, nobody really knows you exist other than your logo appearing now and then. It's not enough. When we lean in, whether you lean in um, and take part, let me back up again a little further. First thing you want to do is think about, okay, how much can I invest in my networks, especially in a local, you know, participation type scenario? How much time can I invest? Because as an entrepreneur, time's money. So how much time can I put in, first of all? And then how much budget can I also put in? Because again, time is money. So there's the budget required of your time, but there's also cost. So there's membership fees. There's potentially events you need to attend in the run of a year. There's uh, sponsorship opportunities. And sometimes they're fantastic. So you really need to leave room for some of this stuff to get the most out of that investment. So the first thing you're going to want to do is budget for your time and, and investment within a particular group. But you're also really going to, you know, want to start by, if you're not already part of the group, talk to some people within it that you know. No doubt if it's an industry group, you know somebody. Ask them some questions. What type of events happen? Talk to the administrator, the office manager, whoever is that point of contact. They are a wealth of information. I mean, take Kelly over at CHBA, for example. I mean, she's she's been around for, uh, you know, ever and knows more about that organization than anyone ever coming and going will ever learn. And if you want to really ask about, you know, you know, how much, how many, how many events you need to attend and really try to wrap your head around the time investment, someone like her in that case or, or someone in that position in any group is a good, great place to start. So once you've determined that, you really want to, you know, schedule and plan for attending some of this stuff. Give it FaceTime, you know, shake the hands or or bump the elbows nowadays, whatever the case may be. But, you know, get in the room with these people and get to know them. And if that's still virtual for your group, well, you can still get your face on the screen, your name on the screen, your breakout rooms, your network things, whatever's going on digitally or in person. Be there, show up, get involved understand what the group itself from an advocacy perspective, for example, is doing. Understand it so you can have input. If there's issues in your industry, the best way to do anything about them is to advocate for your industry within an industry group. You know, there's lots of people sit on the sidelines and like to sit back at these events and have their lunch or do whatever or have their beer at a a social and, and just sort of pick apart what other people are doing rather than have a say. So. 
there's leaning in in that regard. And there's also really considering what do I want? What are my goals from this network? What are my goals from this? Is it just to do business and make money? That's okay if it is. But if it is, then your approach is going to be a bit different than if you want to be a future president of that group and actually carve out, you know, uh, some time for yourself to really step up and be an advocate for your industry or your trade. So you really need to think about, you know, what are my goals and, and, and motivations for being here? And what am I willing to put in? Because I can guarantee you with certainty and many years of experience, when you approach it like that, what you get out on the other end will be tenfold what you could have imagined. And then, you know, plan for your participation. Things come up. But if you're planning to attend all the luncheons, then you're going to make most of them. If you plan to attend all the events, then you're going to make most of them, right? You know, then there's then there's planning the, the side of it from a perspective of, you know, what sponsorship opportunities exist. So let's paint a picture. So I'm part of a group. Well, let's use me as an example. I've been involved with CHVA for 20 years. Gosh, I didn't mean to say that out loud. Um, and then, you know, I've been involved with the board. I've done two runs on the board. I've been involved in committees. I've been, um, you know, called upon to speak about various things, you know, through my level of marketing expertise and things I can bring to the table. I've done work for CHBA as a marketer. I've done work for their members. I volunteered. I've sold tickets. I've, you know, I've done beer service or bar service at golf tournaments. You name it. I've done it. And I'm known in that group. And now when someone needs a website or needs a digital plan or needs some of those things, I'm the person they're calling because I've done the work yeah. and I've built up my reputation there. Even if you're new to the group in a short period of time, you know who Denise Goodyear is, you know what I do for a living and you know what I can do to help your business yeah. because it's my job yes. to tell you that. So it's really about purpose. Again, it comes down to purpose. If you know what your purpose is for being part of an organization. You are going to get so much more out of it. So much more. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've seen you, you know, really build your reputation, build your relationships through that work. And I know even, you know, for me, I brought in a, um, a sub trade client and a good friend of mine and got him a little bit more involved in his Perfect. local builder association. And, and now... Yeah. And now I see, you know, as he gets more involved and is working on committees and now on the board and, you know, suddenly he's working with all sorts of different builders and has all these partnerships because of that effort. So well, then you do get the B2B side of it. You know, I mean, if if I'm a sub trade in, in any capacity, whether it's HVAC or electrical or plumbing or whatever the case may be as a sub, for example, then spending time at those events with those builders and renovators means relationship strength that will bring me business without a doubt. Simple as that. So, you know, in the case of, of those situations, you know, it's, you're just not going to have the same impact if you're not spending time with those people and getting to know them. Yeah, absolutely. So Denise, I know we are uh, nearing the end of our wonderful time together. I guess any last, you know, parting words of, or words of wisdom that you would like to leave with our listeners for, you know, connecting with their audience or understanding their audience better, or, you know, on the networking side of things and building their business that way? Sure. You know, I think I would just reiterate, understand who your ideal customer is. Who do you enjoy working with? Who do you want to work with? 
and plan to work with them. Seek them out, do your homework. As I said, it's not near as complicated as it sounds. Um, So, you know, you just really need to find where they are and spend time connecting with them. Likewise, you know, whether it's consumer or just business to business, the end of the day, go where they are, lean in, show your expertise, you know, promote yourself in front of those people, both in your networks and, and in any way you market yourself and, you know, make meaningful connections because at the end of the day, people call people they trust, people get in touch and do business with people they trust. So build that trust. Amazing. Denise, how can our listeners learn more about you and and connect with you and intuitive media? They can certainly visit my website, intuitivemedia.ca. I'm also easy to find on uh, LinkedIn, um, just my under intuitive media or Denise Goodyear on LinkedIn. Um, All the social channels, you know, you can certainly look me up. Uh, But intuitivemedia.ca has all my uh, contact info and all my uh, channels linked from there. So that's probably the best way to find me. Perfect. And we will, you know, at your local event. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And we'll put all your contact details and stuff in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Denise, for being on the show. I know our listeners are going to get a ton of value from this episode. Thank you so much, Crystal. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Tools. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love if you could also share this episode with a fellow contractor who is ready to get off the tools and grow their business. And if you want more leads, sign up for our email list at reflectivemarketing.com, where we share weekly marketing insights that you can't get anywhere else. I'm Crystal Hobbs, and I hope you'll join me on the next episode of Beyond the Tools. See you next time.